Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Ivan Locke has, wor- has worked diligently to craft his life that he has envisioned, dedicating himself to the job he loves and the family he adores. On the eve of the biggest challenge of his career, Ivan receives a phone call that sets in motion a series of events that will unravel his family, job, and soul, all taking place over, the, over one absolutely riveting ride. Locke is an exploration of how one decision can completely collapse a life. Directed by the acclaimed filmmaker Stephen Knight, who's also known for Eastern Promises and Dirty Pretty Things, and driven by an unforgettable performance by Tom Hardy, Locke is a thrilling and uniquely cinematic experience. We're joined today by the director of Locke, and that would be Stephen Knight. Stephen, welcome to Film School. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for being here, and I am absolutely in, you know, this is a fantastic film on so many levels. Uh, just uh, beautifully shot, uh, takes place at night uh, with uh, our, our main character, Ivan Locke, in a car. Um, tell me a little bit about the story. I know you also wrote the story. Tell me about the, uh, the inspiration for the story of Locke. Yeah, I mean, it began life. Uh, I just finished making a more conventional film, and I wondered if there wasn't other ways of, of doing the basic task as a filmmaker, which is inviting people into a room, turn off the lights and have them engage with the screen for 90 minutes. And I wanted to blur the line between film and theatre, mm-hmm. get some of the, the feeling of theatre into it. Um, I'd also, uh, we did a lot of test footage when we were making the previous film, from uh, shooting from cars at night, and I found the results on digital cameras absolutely hypnotic and beautiful. And thought, well, perhaps we can turn that moving image into the theatre and put an actor into that theatre and tell a story. Um, and I was also very keen to tell, to point the camera at someone who the camera would normally not be pointed at, right. an ordinary man. He's not Jason Bourne or James Bond. He's, right. a, he's a construction engineer. Um, and what happens to him isn't going to make the papers or the local news, but for the people involved, it's life and death. So it's what I would think of as an ordinary tragedy. Stephen, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But you're sort of fading in and out. Is there? Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Is, um, there, is there a? Di- would there, it be possible to do a different line? I, now, right now, you're fine. I'm just. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe I, it was I, the position I was in. Okay. okay. So, okay, just to back up just a little bit. So, it's a story of a man, an ordinary man, and yes, okay. and it, it's sort of an ordinary tragedy, if you like. It's, it's 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 he's made a mistake, and the whole story, the journey that he's on, is an attempt to put things right, and he tries to do the right thing. He tries to do the principled thing. And the consequences for him and for his family are quite devastating. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and and the 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 wonderful thing about the film is uh, I, I, watching uh, Locke, I, 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 it was intriguing all the time. Uh, and I think a lot of this has to do with, it's a simple thing, but... The lighting inside the car. This is more of a technical thing to me, but watching the movie, uh, I thought the way that you shot lit uh, Tom Hardy in this, 
and his ability to project under very limited uh, uh, circumstances a range of emotions. Um, tell me a little, just in a, sort of a technical point of view, uh, shooting inside the car, what were the sort of the challenges for, for you as a filmmaker? Yeah, I, obviously space is um, limited, and what you can see is limited, but what I wanted to try and create was the exterior of the car. It was like chaos. It's the universe. It's uncontrollable. Um, and what I wanted to do was to, um, where, where possible, reflect the idea that Ivan is in this bubble of light inside his car and he's trying to create order out of that chaos. Yeah. He's, uh, the name is a reference to John Locke, the philosopher, who was a rationalist. And Ivan is absolutely a rational person who is in a storm, effectively. He's driving through the chaos of, of the road and everything he does, everything he says, is an attempt to create order from that chaos. And of course, Ultimately, it's not possible, and ultimately, the, the rational solution doesn't work, but the consequence is both good and bad. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, absolutely, I, I love that idea that uh, out of this swirling uh, drama in his life, and, and, it's, and I, to, for people who are going to see Locke, uh, there's a moment in the, early on in the film uh, that you really have to pay attention to in terms of when this decision is made by him, I, th- I love the fact that it's a, it, it's not uh, something that you. It's very subtle in the way that he makes a decision, really, uh, to to change his life, yeah. uh, and um, I, I and again, a lot of this has comes back to uh, Tom Hardy, uh, mm-hmm. who is just remarkable in this film. I mean, tell me a little bit about casting this film. This obviously was the critical uh, one of the critical elements in making uh, Locke. Absolutely, I mean. If, if you're going to have one person on the screen for 90 minutes, they, they have to be good. And I think he is the best that we have. Um, and fortunately, I was meeting him about a different project that um, he wanted me to write. And I got talking about this idea I had of doing this, this blurring of the lines with theatre and, and cinema and, and doing the story of this ordinary man's journey. And he was intrigued. So in fact, before I even wrote it, I knew that he would do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wrote it quite quickly. It helps by the fact that when you know you've got a really good actor, you can take risks and you can you can write lines that are sort of ordinary in a way. They're sort of quite flat, but you know that they're going to be delivered in a particular way. Um, and the whole process was was remarkably quick and easy because uh, we met in the November and we were shooting it by February. So. It's one of those projects where just the doors kept flying open. Yeah, what I was reading uh, the, that uh, Tom Hardy had this window, and and in some ways, does that sense of urgency, that sort of limited amount of time that you're going to have with somebody, what does that do to your process as a director? How does that impact the production of a film? Does it does it heighten the sense of urgency, or did you feel how does that impact you as a as an artist and a filmmaker? When that uh, in the film industry. Um, a restriction like that or a date like that or a time limit like that is a blessing. Mm. Um, as anyone who works in the industry knows, there's a great deal of prevarication, there's a great deal of hesitation, whereas with this, it was like get, get the team together, get the actors on board, get Tom on board, get the car onto the low loader and start shooting. Mm-hmm. And, and that urgency and that um, commitment 
um, is vital for a project like this. And, and what it meant was, because we were in a limited environment, in the space of time that we had, we, we, got, it, we got enough. We got everything we needed. We put three cameras in the vehicle, put the vehicle onto a low-loader truck. Um, I would say action only once, and the other actors were in a conference room in a hotel with a, a real phone line to the car. Mm -hmm. I would cue the actors in sequence, and we would shoot the whole film beginning to end once, and then we'd take a break, and then we'd shoot it again. Wow. And the next night, we'd shoot it again. So in the end, we shot the whole film beginning to end 16 times. Oh, my goodness. Oh my. With three cameras rolling each time. Oh. So we had this enormous amount of uh, uh, footage, which I then took into the edit room, and we cut together the final thing. But because the background is, um, is the lights and the road, yeah. there's no continuity issues. So we, could, we had the luxury of being able to choose everything on the basis of performance. That is amazing. So I was going to ask you about your film ratio after you said you had such a limited amount of time. Yeah. But obviously, you had a lot of a lot of footage. We were just roll, we were turning over all the time. I mean, the problem with the filmmaking process is there's always a practical, logical reason not to do the practical, logical thing, <laughs> and, and it's quite frustrating. Whereas with this, because we, you know, I had a level of control over this. It was a case of insisting that we do it in this almost naive way of just shooting it and just the, the important thing is the performance I sincerely believe that in any film even with a huge budget or special effects the place where people are looking on the screen is the eyes of the actors and that's the, that's what drives any story I think. Um, I, and that's what I wanted to, to capture yeah that is amazing I, and I was just I mean I don't know if this is absolutely applicable to what your experience was, but I was always so impressed with Russian Ark and knowing that it was one take, right? The whole, yes. you, in a sense, you shot sixteen Russian Arcs here. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just that's that's remarkable. Um, I uh, I I also have to I want to make sure. By the way, we're, I remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Stephen Knight. The film is locked. It opens today in New York and in Los Angeles, all across the country. Uh, and pardon me. May 2nd, I think it opens in, in the rest of the country. And in the rest of the country, yeah. very good. And a remarkable performance by Tom Hardy. He is the, he is the soul of the film and, and such. But I would be remiss if I didn't point out, as you just mentioned, uh, the voices on the phone that are also some very compelling um, um, uh, performances. I certainly think that uh, Ruth Wilson has his wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, Katrina, I'm just going to point out real quick yeah. uh, that Bethan, uh, that was Olivia Coleman, yeah. and Andrew Scott was terrific as Donald in, yeah. in the film. I mean, there's just a lot of great, great performances. But uh, tell us a little bit about the casting that. Just you were hearing these, these the voices of these people. Tell me a little bit about casting on that. Yeah, again, we were remarkably lucky because unusually, um, all our first choices said yes. I think it helps if the shooting schedule is quite brief, so you're not asking them to devote eight weeks of their life to yeah. the project. And they want to work with Tom, and they like the script. And all of these, the actors who I believe are the best we have in the UK, um, agreed to, to show up at this conference room to work from 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. with just some red wine and some biscuits. <laughs> and to, and to, to make the calls in sequence. And they... They do such a fantastic job, yeah. and I wasn't there with them. I was on the low loader with Tom, but 
um, there was a real sort of uh, camaraderie that developed amongst the team that were there. And they had a great time. And what's great about shooting something like this is that everyone gives everything all of the time. Yeah. They know, you know it's going to be a brief period. So even if you don't get any sleep, it doesn't matter because you, know, you, you still, the, the buzz lasts for the whole of the shoot. So it was a really exciting process for everybody. Let, let, let me ask, I, I, you said eight weeks. Was it actual shooting days? How many, am I correct? With Tom, five days. Five days. Five nights, rather. Yeah. Um, with... Um, the cameras and the car doing establishers and, and sort of shot cutaways um, another, I think it was another six nights. So, wow. wow. Uh, the whole process was very, very quick. That's amazing. And, and let me ask you, you, know, you, you were talking about the, the, the other, the voices, the, 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 the characters, the uh, actors in a room. Uh, being in the, if I may correct uh, to assume that they were in the same room, so yeah. uh, okay, did that help? Is sort of the the tension that was building throughout the film, having them hear what yeah. the, the the previous actors, so that really built in that extra level of of, of dramatic tension, didn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it, it was all of the actors lived the whole film from beginning to end each time we shot it, so all the actors could calibrate their own performance according to what had gone before and what came next. Um, and that includes Tom. So it really did give it a genuine tension um, as we shot the thing. And it was great that we could intercut um, from any night to any night God. so that we always had available to us the best performance. And, and halfway through the procedure, I wrote a letter for the actors to read during the day that changed their motivation slightly just to get variation on, on, on the performance. Like, for example, I... Uh, suggested to Ruth Wilson that she play uh, Ivan's wife as yeah. if she wants to get rid of him. She wants him to leave. She yeah. wants him to go, and this is her opportunity just to, you know, to, to find some alternatives to the way that things were being uh, delivered. But it was just a great, fun experience and a real challenge. It could, do you see uh, yourself being able to take what you did with Locke and and tra uh, using it in another sort of venue, another film opportunity? Did you? Is it something you want to try and replicate in your in your filmmaking career? Yeah, I mean, my day job, if you like, is writing conventional scripts, which is fine and, and good fun, and um, and that's what I consider myself to be. But there are certain ideas that I think can be executed in a different way, which I direct myself. So I'm planning to do. Uh, it's not similar, but it's similar in the sense that it's uh, a new, uh, looking again at ways of making a film, which I'm hoping to do in uh, early next year. Yeah, and, and uh, your previous work uh, as a filmmaker in includes, um, I mentioned Eastern Promises yeah. um, and um, uh, just... Uh, yes, thank you. Dirt, and which I love, by the way, Dirty yeah. Pretty Things. I thought that was a terrific film. Uh, and... Uh, you get, you get, you know what? I, I mean, obviously, in in your career, you have been able to get great performances from people. Uh, I know it was, I know it's pretty d dirty. Pretty things was directed by Stephen Frears, but yeah. your 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 characters are just wonderful in terms of, uh, 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 you can see their entire life in in a very short period of time. You, you're able to kind of really fill in a lot of uh, mm. their their backstory. Um, and I felt that very much felt that way with Ivan Locke. That I, I knew a lot about him very quickly. I, th I think it's it's always worthwhile to trust the audience to be able to fill in the gaps. And um, 
I think audiences enjoy being credited with intelligence, and, and particularly in, in the case of Locke, where you don't see the other characters. It's interesting that often, after seeing the film, people say that they forgot that they didn't see the other characters because they invented them for themselves. And a couple of people have even insisted that they did see the other characters. <laughs> Well, it's it's just a, such a uh, yeah. I I I just can't imagine uh, that people won't be drawn into to this. Uh, the uh, you know you hear the premise, and I, I can imagine people saying, "Well, it's a guy in a car, and how's how's ninety minutes?" And what yeah. the, but uh, it it doesn't take but a, a minute to to feel uh, this thing, and and the, and the calibration. That's another thing that I really appreciated in this film. And you, you you alluded to it with the performances, changing the tenor and the and the, and kind of the, the that part of the performances from the people calling into the car. Mm. Um, but it just the the there's a a a, a subtle but dis, very distinctive ratcheting up a, a calibration in in mm. in the level of tension in the car and for for him. Mm. And uh, and I'll call them soliloquies on the part of of Ivan. Um, and that's I don't want to give anything away there, but there are a couple of moments that I I was wondering about mm. what he was doing uh, in uh, when there's no one else to talk to, uh, but I thought those were terrific. I thought those were another side of him mm. that uh, that uh, really helped to understand the character. Well, I, I think you know when people are alone in a car on a journey, you're alone in a very particular way. Yeah, it's different to being alone in a room and and. Your body's driving the car, and your mind is free. And I think it's, it's it's a place where you think about the future, you think about the past, the things you've done. And um, the car itself was like a, a gift for imagery, in the sense that he's on this journey. His future is through the windscreen and on the GPS. Yeah. His past is in the rearview mirror, and that's where he talks to his, the, the spirit of his father. Well, I, I I'm so honored to have you on. Uh, I, uh, I, Pleasure. I, yeah, I look forward to uh, all your, I mean, your future work. This has just been, uh, this is a fantastic film, um, and I, I urge anyone who's at all interested in seeing great movies to run out and see, uh, see this film. Lock. It is. Uh, it, thank you so much, Stephen, for being here. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks take, a lot. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.